This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. It's impossible. I'm just getting warmed up. Full of hijinks. And look, I'm not your friend, so I'm not your friend. I'm your enemy. And educational. You sound like you're a moron. It's what I learned on TikTok, starring Gordon Damer. Oh, wow. I kind of forgot that we had an open to it. It's true. We do. We got the music. We got the open. Oh, my goodness. I was just listening to that uh, promo there of the K show where Don and Peter are going back and forth. Don's 100% right. Breaking Bad is a better show than The Sopranos. Now, in terms of the impact of the show, yes, Sopranos more revolutionary, much bigger impact in the history of television in terms of crafting a show around an anti-hero and all the different shows that fed off of that. But just if you're just sitting down to watch a television show and want to be entertained... Breaking Bad. There's no, there's no fat on the bone. There's no, there's no uh, extra. It's, it's lean, mean, and it's a fighting machine. Sopranos. There was a lot of those episodes. There's a lot of those stories. Anytime anything involving the kids or Anthony Jr. They went to Italy. The, the, the whole uh, when he was in a coma. Oh boy, great show. Two great shows of all time. Don't I don't want to make it sound like I don't like The Sopranos. Love The Sopranos. But in terms of just sitting down, watching a television show, and wanting to be entertained, no other stuff outside of it, there is no better show than Breaking Bad. Sorry. Don's 100% right. Uh, all right. It is time for what I learned on TikTok this week. We have uh, Joe. We have Chantel. Ready to roll once again. In case you don't remember, never heard it before, which is a great possibility. I, as a 52-year-old man, spend way too much time on that TikTok app, but it's because I learn such interesting but yet compute, completely useless information. So what we've done is I've crafted a little segment where I will give people who work on the show a little spotlight, a little uh, airtime, and I will give them four pieces of information, three of which I've made up. I've just completely concocted them out of my own demented brain. But one of these things is true, and I did learn it on TikTok. Very simple, and we'll see how well they do. All right, so uh, who's uh, batting leadoff today? Chantel, Joe, uh, have you talked about it already? We talked about it, and it's going to be me. All right, Chantel. Uh, All right, I like this one for you. Here we go. Number one, over an 11-year span, God was the second most thanked name in speeches at the Oscars, second only to Harvey Weinstein. Number two, the falling green code in the movie The Matrix translated is actually recipes from a sushi cookbook. Number three, metal, heavy metal singer Ronnie James Dio severed his thumb in a gardening accident and was unable to make his signature devil horns hand gesture with his left hand. And then number four, Antarctica has needed to change its flag regularly due to the impact of climate change. So again, to recap, let uh, Chantel get her bearings of which way she wants to go here, form a a game plan. Again, over an 11-year span, God was the second most thanked name in speeches at the Oscars, second only to Harvey Weinstein. Number two, the falling green code in the movie The Matrix 
is actually recipes from a sushi cookbook. Number three, heavy metal singer Ronnie James Dio severed his thumb in a gardening accident and was unable to make the devil horns hand gesture his signature with his left hand. Or number four, Antarctica has needed to change its flag regularly because of the impact of climate change. Wow. Lots to take in. Very wordy. I don't like wordy ones, but this is, it is what it is. (laughs) These are so funny. And the Ronnie James Dio one with his thumb, he doesn't Mm. need his thumb. Well, no, you do. He would do, he would do it so that the thumb would be blocking the two middle fingers, like your ring finger and your um, middle finger and then the the devil horns. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing though. The thumb was holding him back anyway. Because okay. he doesn't need it. Right. Um, so I'm going to go with that God was the second most thanked to Harvey Weinstein. Just okay. because I could see that being true. So we're going to lock it, it in. It sounds, it sounds plausible. You're going to lock it in. It's locked in. Can't go back now. No, that's actually incorrect. It does sound like it could be true, though. Yeah. As soon as I heard that one, I researched it. And uh, no, it is not true. Okay. God was seven. No, I'm kidding. No, God was, I think, by far number one. Yeah. But then when you say God, like, are we talking about, like, Jesus, too? No, any, any like form. Any, any okay. of the forms that, uh, you know. Okay, like, in general. I don't want, I don't want emails. I don't want, twe- I don't want tweets yeah. or X's or whatever the hell they're <laughs> calling them now, Chantel. Okay. Moving right, right so along. So to recap, uh, the falling green code in the movie The Matrix, recipes from a sushi cookbook. Uh, Ronnie James Dio and the Devil Horns, as you mentioned before. And then the number four, which is now number three, is Antarctica has had to change its flag regularly because of the impact of climate change. Okay, so I'm going to cross out Antarctica. We just have to get it out the way. Okay. Uh, The Matrix code being sushi is hilarious, but, like, why wouldn't they use regular code? So I want to say that, and I've never seen The Matrix, so I want to say that one is the one I want to pick because the thumb one. Okay. Just it, Ronnie James Dio. Like, I don't think that one is right. So we're going to go with the matrix, even though it sounds not correct either. Okay. We're going to lock it in. Yeah. All right. She's locked it in. Yes, yeah, she is correct. Yes. It is from a sushi. Cookbook, which I wouldn't think. I, I thought the whole thing about sushi is you don't cook it. It's raw, but what do I know? The Apparently there are cooked. cookbooks for sushi. <laughs> The Ronnie James Dio one, he did have a gardening accident where he did uh, injure his thumb, but they were able to reattach it and it was fine. So good uh, for that him. One at least has some bearing in uh, reality. All right. Very good job, Chantel. Uh, you'll be back for the bonus round in a second here. Uh, now moving on to the, uh, the batter's box is uh, one Joe Leo. Who he always loves working uh, along with me so that he gets to, uh, to do this segment. I know he's very excited about it. After a Yankee 3-1 win against the Astros. All right, Joe, you ready to go here, buddy? As ready as I'll ever be. All right, here we go. Number one, while staring at the sun for too long is harmful, staring at the moon for too long can cause a condition known as moon blindness because moonlight is a reflection of the sun's light. Number two, during the Pac-Man craze of the 80s, Japan experienced a coin shortage, 100 yen coins, was so uh, the, the shortage was so strong about 100 yen coins that it did not let up until 1988. Number three, do, uh, excuse me, copperhead snakes give off a similar odor to Doritos when frightened. Or number four, James Cameron, the director, 
wanted to originally cast Billy Idol for his T-1000 character of uh, Terminator 2, but Billy Idol could not do it due to a motorcycle accident. So again, to recap, again, very wordy. Number one, while staring at the sun for too long is harmful, staring at the moon for too long also can cause a condition known as moon blindness because moonlight is a reflection of the sun's light. Number two, during the Pac-Man craze of the 80s, Japan experienced a coin shortage of uh, 100 yen coins, and it was so severe it did not let up until 1988. Number three, copperhead snakes give off an odor similar to Doritos when frightened. Or number four, James Cameron originally wanted to cast Billy Idol for the T-1000 character for uh, Terminator 2. These just don't get any easier. Every single Robert time. Robert Patrick, I think, got the eventual role, but uh, Billy Idol was the first choice. Every time I think they're just, you know. Right. Now, you now did you listen to Chantel's ones and think, oh, I would have gotten that one? Or is, is the ones that I picked for you specifically harder, do you? The latter. I okay. think they're they're harder. These are harder. Okay. Chantel, would you agree that these ones are harder than the first ones? Yeah, these got a little more juice on okay. it. Okay. All right. All right. Just leave it. We'll leave it there. We don't want to help out Joe. We want to see him uh, struggle as much as possible. That's what makes the fun, this segment fun. And I think the only person that has a worse losing percentage on this show than me is Jacob. But... Well, Jacob is all time. No, there's, there's been a, this. We've been doing this segment now for a couple of years. Uh, Brian Munguia was the first victim. He, uh, he, he struggled. I mean, that was back when I really had a lot of things at my disposal, so it was almost unfair. Uh, Jacob has certainly struggled. Harvey, Harvey Cruz, uh, he's not exactly set the world on fire either. So, don't, no, don't feel bad. I mean, why would you know any of it? That's the point. It's useless, this but is true. entertaining. But I would say you have a little bit more ammo now that you went on vacation. Yes, I've had a few weeks to really dive into that TikTok app. And there's some strange corners of the world on that thing. So I'm going to stick to my game plan here and go with the most just outrageous answer in my mind. Okay. And I'm going to go with the uh, the copperhead snakes smelling like Doritos. Okay. And I'll lock, lock that it one in. in. Don LaGreca would be starving when he heard. No, that isn't correct. No, that's uh, just uh, just uh, absolutely out of nowhere. No, copperhead snakes. Don't don't go around sniffing copperhead snakes. Although, given with the way that I handled that wasp nest, it really wouldn't. It would be kind of the what is it? Same church, wrong pew. It's not that far off from how I tried to handle it. But no, copperhead snakes do not smell like Doritos when frightened. So we'll cross that one off. So you still have the um, moon blindness. Staring at the moon too long can be harmful to your vision. Uh, Number two, Pac-Man craze of the 80s. Japan experienced a coin shortage that was so severe it did not let up till 1988. Or number four, was four, now three. James Cameron wanted to cast Billy Idol to be the T-1000 character in Terminator 2. The most ridiculous answer on the board left is the Japan coin shortage. I will uh, lock that one in. You're going to lock that one in? All right. No, that is incorrect. No, that is... uh, I think that's a wives tale. I think there was uh, stories that they had, but it's not true. They had plenty of coins. So now you're staring at uh, the two of the... the, I guess to you would seem the most logical. Uh, Staring at the sun for too long is harmful. While, uh, but uh, staring at the moon for too long can cause a condition known as moon blindness because the moonlight is a reflection of the sunlight. Or you have number four, 
Uh, James Cameron wanted to cast Billy Idol as the T-1000 character in Terminator 2, but uh, Billy Idol could not do it because of a motorcycle accident. <sighs> the Billy Idol one I can see because just, the, you know, casting directors and... Well, you know. you're trying to find the one that's true. I'm I don't go want to throw you off your yeah, I don't want to I'm point gonna, you in a certain direction, but you're saying it like you, well, I can see that one being yeah. true. That's what you're trying to find. Well, you, more you true over than the, than the, the moon blindness, because okay. I would feel like we would know about that by now. But I'm Moon gonna, blindness. So, so I'm going to go with, uh, with, with with James Cameron. Okay. I'm going to lock it in. All right. Yes, that is correct. Yes, James Cameron. And some, uh, I mean, everybody, I, I think everybody knows now, his original choice for the Terminator, the original Terminator, was... Um, was O.J. Simpson, but uh, I guess he couldn't see O.J. Simpson as a ruthless killer. Uh, it's shocking. So eventually it got to uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. But yes, J James Cameron originally wanted to cast Billy Idol as the uh, Terminator 2 character that uh, eventually went to the actor uh, Robert Patrick, who actually had a part in The uh, Sopranos near the end of the run. Been a thousand things. But there you go. Very good. Good job, Joe. You did not go uh, 0 for 3, which is a staple of uh, both Jacob and Harvey Cruz as well. All right, so we got one more for you. You can team up on this one if you wish. This one, we're going to flip it. This one, it has – oh, no, it's it's the same thing. One real, three fake. Sometimes I flip the last one. I make it three real, one fake. No, this one, only one fact is true of these four, and you can team up if you wish. Number one, when Notre Dame – caught fire in 2019 the french government used 3d models from the video game assassin's creed unity to help with the reconstruction effort number two the singer al green was the voice of the big mouth billy bass singing fish and he made more money from his song take me to the river than in any song of his career number three king charles formerly prince charles is a descendant of the real-life Dracula, or number four, the can opener was invented before tin cans. So again, to recap for the both of you, when Notre Dame caught fire in 2019, the French government used 3D models from the video game Assassin's Creed Unity to uh, help them with the reconstruction effort. Number two, the singer Al Green, who was the voice of the big mouth Billy Bass singing fish, he made more money from his song, Take Me to the River, than any other song in his career. Number three, King Charles is a descendant of the real-life Dracula. Or number four, the can opener invented before tin cans. Okay, we're deliberating. All right. So we deliberated. Okay. I am going to go for that King Charles is okay. a descendant of Dracula. Mm -hmm. All right. I think I heard that they're also descendants of, like, King Tut. So why not just throw Dracula right. yeah, in the we'll mix? Keep it in, keep it in the family. Right. Sure. Okay, going to lock that one in. All right, Joe, are you sticking? Are you going to do it Chantel, or are you going to go out on your own? I'm going to go out on a limb here just because a longtime family friend actually had one of those talking fish uh -huh. in their Vermont Also home. featured in The Sopranos. It all goes back to The Sopranos, people. So I will lock in uh, the... The singing fish and Al Green made more the, the money Green. from his singing yes. fish than in any other song of his career. Yes. Okay, I will I'll tell you this: one. one of you is correct. 
And not surprisingly, that is Chantel. Yes, King Charles is a descendant of uh, Vlad the Impaler, the real-life Dracula. Al Green uh, did not make more money. He made a ton of money from that singing fish, but it was not the most of his career. Uh, and the other two also made up. So there you go, my friends. That is what I learned this week on TikTok. And now, because of this segment, you have learned it too. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, get back into the sports, the Yankees, the Mets, all of the football. Lots to do as we take you up until 6 o'clock. It is Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Our show, but uh, look at that! I bump into somebody you know. We went to—I uh, can't remember the name of the thing we went to do, but everyone uh, there was a pop-up store for Metallica. They're, they played last night. I think they're playing tomorrow at MetLife too. Like there's a day in between or something like that. But every the the, the entire mall was just populated with uh, people going to the, um, the their their pop-up store. And I'm like, why are why is everybody walking around with these black and yellow bags? What is going on? But I Googled it, and I figured it out. Look at that. Look at me. Googling things ahead of time is generally a a good approach. But uh, it is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York, 1-800-919-3776. We talked a lot about the Yankees after their 3-1 win against the Astros this afternoon. We've talked a lot about the Mets after they had their own uh, approach at the trade deadline, which, again, was to sell anything and everything that anybody wanted. Anything and everything, even some go in the it's like a, having a like a yard sale. If you want anything, even in the house, go ahead, just go in there and give us a price and we'll we'll take that, too. Uh, the, the one thing that I've seen in, in terms of moving forward is what this now means for next season and what this means for the future of Pete Alonso. Uh, and based on the conversation that Max Scherzer had with Billy Epler it seems like the, 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 the mode out, well, the Mets are not going to be competitive this uh, next season. They're going to be looking more at 2025 and 2026. They're going to be, uh, the, the, the view is going to be much more long-term than the way they approached it here the last couple of off-seasons where they're just trying to fill every hole that they felt they had through free agency. There is a separation between going all in and spending every single dollar you can on any free agent that you would want and tanking. I I really find it hard to believe that the Mets are going to be tanking, but it feels like the offshoot of that conversation between Scherzer and Epler has been like that. Oh, they're not going to be, they're just giving up on next season. I don't think that they're going to give up on next season. I think they're still going to be active in free agency. Now, I don't think that they're going to uh, be as active as they have been where they just go out and sign anybody and everybody. But they're going to have to sign a lot of free agents, whether it's the top of the market, maybe it's more guys that are maybe not at their prime just yet, but you you can project down the road a little bit because they're going to need an entire rotation next year. They've told you that they don't have the prospects ready for the major leagues. They've been trying to remake the farm system on the fly. So the answers in the rotation are not going to be coming from that. So they're going to have to go out and spend some money. Now, they might not. I would like to think that they're not going to be so far ahead of every other team. But they're going to have to put together a team next year. And I don't think that they're looking to tank. 
it wouldn't make any sense. They have too much talent on their team to be one of the worst teams in baseball. They're still going to have Lindor. They're still going to have Alonzo. Edwin Diaz is going to come back. That's not, the, that's not the look of a team that's tanking. That's not the look of the Oakland A's or the, the Kansas City Royals or one of the teams that's really one of the worst in baseball. So just because they're not going to be playing at the top of the market in terms of free agency, I don't think that they're going to uh, be tanking either. The other one that's kind of come up has been about what happens with Pete Alonso. There were some, some rumors before the trade deadline that the Mets – uh, might have had some interest in, in at least listening to offers for Pete. Uh, you had the comments from Steve Cohen saying that essentially that they love Pete and they want him to be here long term. We'll see what happens. He's not a free agent until after next season. So he still has this year and next year before he hits free agency. And in other situations, it would seem to be a slam dunk, right? He's a homegrown guy, super t- productive power bat, maybe as consistent a power bat as there is in baseball, and you have the fact of Steve Cohen's money, right? Anything Steve Cohen wants, he gets. Anything he can spend money on to just simply buy, he can. So you would think, well, that's a sign that Alonzo's not going anywhere. I don't know. Now, maybe he's not going anywhere. Maybe Steve Cohen will just open up the checkbook and sign Pete Alonzo to a, a big long-term contract. But whether or not that's the right approach, I don't know that that's the right call. He will be 30 at that point. He is he's notoriously slow, right? He doesn't have any foot speed at all. He's not a good defender at first base. And in a lot of situations, Cohen's money is a plus, right? Being able to go out and sign whatever free agent you want. That's, that's great. He'll pay for his mistakes to go away. That's awesome. But if you're already a Met, if you're already on the team, if you've come up under the organization, and over the two or three years that Cohen's been here, you've watched him shoot the locks off the wallet and go out and sign whoever and whatever and and do so at ridiculously high prices, way more than than anybody else would have, would have been willing to spend. If you're already a Met, don't you kind of have to expect the same kind of treatment? It's not going to be, well, we're going to sign Pete Alonzo, but we're going to sign him to a reasonable team-friendly deal. No, 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 no. If I'm Pete Alonzo, I don't want to hear that. I've already watched Lindor get a monster contract. I watched Verlander get a monster contract. I watched Scherzer get a monster contract. Diaz is signed for $100 million. Nimmo signed through 2030. Jeff McNeil got a five-year deal. If I'm Pete Alonzo, I, I, keep, the, keep the locks off the wallet. I expect to be paid handsomely. I'm one of your guys. You've gone out and spent all this other money on everybody else. I'm the guy who's been here this entire time and, and is kind of one of the faces of the franchise. So it's not good. This is not going to be where all of a sudden Steve Cohen gets religion and is like, well, we're only going to offer if you're if you're Pete Alonzo. I think you have to be saying to yourself, I want I want to cash in as much as all the other guys. And and the one thing that Steve Cohen has proven in his short time here is that money is no object. That he will go out and, and pay ridiculous prices because he doesn't care. Well, keep that, keep that same energy. If you're Pete Alonso, you, you want Steve Cohen to keep that same energy. I'm not looking for a three- or four- or five-year deal. I'm looking at six or seven at big-time money because I'm one of your faces of your franchise and have been here through the good times and the bad. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, we'll get back to your phone calls. We take you up till 6. It's the Gordon Damer Show. It's 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show. 
on 98.7 ESPN. I think that the Jets are going to have a very good season. Uh, and I think the Dolphins, it's clear to me that the risk level there is very high based on the health of the quarterback. No matter all the nice things that people are writing about the Dolphins and all the talent that they have and all the moves that they've made, it all kind of goes sideways if Tua is out, and it would almost be a, a surprise if he's not, if he doesn't miss time. And if he does miss time, based on a concussion, after the amount of concussions he had last year, you'd have to think it's going to be, he's going to be out at least as long as he was last year, if not longer, to recover from, what, the fourth concussion, the fifth concussion? It seems like a very – I don't think that there's any situation in the league – where the quarterback is a bigger red flag than with Tua. So I'm, I'm big on betting the Jets over this year in terms of the uh, win-loss, Dolphins under. I was looking at the NFC. I was looking for another one that I really liked. So I looked at the NFC East. The Eagles are obviously the favorites there. I think they're minus 110. The Cowboys are like plus 110. So it's, it, it, the, the betting there is either Eagles. If the Eagles don't do it, it'll be the Cowboys. The Giants are plus 700. Now, I would think that the – I can never bet the Cowboys. I, I, I work too hard for my money to put it on the Cowboys. I, I just can't trust them. <laughs> I can't, can't do it. I'm not a Cowboy hater, but uh, I do like money. I, I do like uh, having money in my wallet. The Eagles just lost the Super Bowl. This ten, there is a tendency for teams that lose the Super Bowl to kind of have that little bit of a hangover afterwards. Now, I, I do kind of feel like the Giants are coming off a season last year where everything that kind of could go right did go right, and generally those teams take a step back. There's a lot of turnover and playoff teams from year to year. So if the Giants did take a step back, it would not shock me all that much. But at plus 700 to win the NFC East – believing that maybe Shane and Dable are the real deal and that year one was not just this fluky year that you get every once in a while, but the actual, um, the actual uh, foundation that they're building here is the new regime. I don't know. I've not done it as of yet, but plus 700 for the Giants to win the NFC East, uh, I don't know. It's not crazy. they got to beat the Eagles eventually, right? One of these years? No? Maybe, maybe not. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Our buddy Artie is in Brooklyn. Artie, what's going on, my friend? What's going on, Artie? How you feel? Coming back from Cleveland. And let me tell you, Zach Thomas. Obviously, you know, I couldn't have been the biggest Zach Thomas fan. No, of course not. But after his speech... That dude was, I don't know if you got a chance to hear I did not see the it. speeches yet. No, not yet. I yeah, saw the moment gonna, that he got, uh, he got the news. That was very touching. He was walking into his house, and all of a sudden he walks around a corner, and everybody's there, including uh, Jimmy Johnson. It was a very touching moment there. But, yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Well, now, I, these guys I, do know, a great job I, with these speeches. Yeah, I didn't know all the details on him and how, but I knew he was undersized and stuff like that. How he, sure. He got drafted. He was like the 17th linebacker taken and stuff like that and it, it was he spoke great so anyway but um more importantly where i'm sitting there and i know look it's it's practice i mean it's fine it's it's training camp but 10 penalties and then above all i'm looking at the cleveland browns right and i see these offensive linemen 
they got this guy, number 74. And I said, wow. I said, what is he like? How, how long has he been? He goes, oh, he's a rookie. I'm talking to the Brown fans. I said, a rookie? First round pick? He goes, no, fourth round. I said, what the hell are you doing all this freaking time? I said, how did that house go in the fourth round? Ohio State. So our first round pick was lined up against this dude. He pancakes him. And then after that, he was, but nobody wanted a piece of this guy. I swear, Gordon, Gordon, the running, the running yards was 39 to 170. Can we slow down on Super Bowl division and all that talk? Because we couldn't stop the run. Sally still made, we got a delay a penalty on special teams. So we had to back up and kick a 55-yarder instead of a 49-yarder. Still making the same mistakes. Listen, you need a disciplined coach. You don't need a friend. Okay? They're making the same mistakes that they've made for the last three years. It's about this. I don't know if Sally's the right coach. I don't know. All right. So well, I'm getting all, all right. that. It, 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 it's pra- yeah. it is practice. It, it, it is it is the Hall of Fame game. I love Artie. It, the passion. Uh, you, you can hear it in him. Um, I, I don't know that I would uh, get all that worked up based on special teams penalties in the Hall of Fame game. Now, if that continues week one, I got you. And with the, the penalty situation we've had here for the last few years, I get you. I understand. To me, if the Jets fail this year, I actually don't think it will be Robert Sala's fault. If it's the defense, if the defense is the problem, you can absolutely, and we will, point the finger at Robert Sala. But if the offense doesn't work, for whatever reason, that ain't on the head coach. Again, the Jets have outsourced their offense. They're a business who does things, I guess, well at certain points. But they had an issue with one aspect of their company. And they couldn't figure it out. They tried to figure it out. They thought they had figured it out. They didn't figure it out. So they said, who can save us from ourselves? And they found that person. That person is Aaron Rodgers. They they were able to get... And again, think back. When that was first floated, that the Jets are going to get Aaron Rodgers, it seemed preposterous. Even after hearing year after year, oh, Rodgers is going to leave Green Bay, he's going to leave Green Bay. It seemed crazy to think the Jets were going to be it, but they got him. That's how they looked to solve that spot. And what have they done? Have they said, hey, we'll get Aaron Rodgers and we'll show him how to do things? No, 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 no. The, re- the appeal of Aaron Rodgers is he's going to show you what he needs and then just get out of his way. That's the plan. Now, I don't know. I think the plan's going to work. There are people who question the plan. I get that. Offensive line, the, the newness of the some of the players. He has not worked with these players before. But that's the plan. Let's get Aaron Rodgers. Let's turn over the offense to wh- whatever he wants he gets. And then get out of his way. And, and let, the, let the genius go to work. And we'll see if it works. We'll see if it works. Let's go to Subi. Subi is in Midtown. Subi, what's going on, man? <clears throat> Hey, Gordon, I wanted to chime in on the Pete Alonzo situation. Yeah. And I just want to throw out a few names that you already know about, you know, Sensitive and uh, even past Mets players, 
Javi Bonilla, and uh, you know, there's plenty of there's a whole list of players that they over overpaid over the years. And I think one of the issues is you know the MLB contracts that these players uh, don't get until later on in their careers. And so all the World Series teams in the past have been built on younger players. You, you don't see many teams assembling based on purely free agency. The Cubs, they let go of Chris Bryant mainly because he was around 30, 31 years old. They weren't willing to give him that $200 million deal. Now he's with the Rockies. He's not performing up to par. So in my situation, in my opinion, what you have to do because of Alonzo's weight is you have to put him through some combine to make sure he can actually do what over 30-year-old players can possibly do is hit 30 home runs and 100 RBIs. If he can do that, you would think that he would be in shape to do that, but I don't think he's going to be in shape. That's that's what I got to say. All right, so, but yeah, I mean, look, it, it's projection, right? Uh, generally, pl- you don't like to go out and sign slow, ath- unathletic sluggers as they turn 30 years old. And again, if the Mets are going to keep Pete Alonso, it's almost certainly going to be an overpay. How, how could you not expect? They've overpaid for everything. <laughs> Whatever the normal price tag is on anything, they've paid sometimes more, way more than that, almost double. Right? The fact that, that Brandon Nimmo is under contract until 2030 or, or Jeff McNeil's deal or giving $20 million a year to, to Marte or, or the Scherzer deal, the, 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 the uh, Verlander contract. So when you think, oh, do we want to pay Pete Alonso, based on how Steve Cohen has operated, you're going to have to ask, do we want to overpay Pete Alonso? And I'm not telling you signing a first baseman is always a bad move, but there's differences. Freddie Freeman a couple of years ago got a big long-term contract, but you would think he projects to age well because he's a very uh, good defensive player, he's a very athletic player, good base runner, He's got more skill, good on base, good batting average. So he's got more than one skill. Those type of players tend to age better than the slow, unathletic, bad defenders at first base whose primary uh, skill is just hitting home runs and with lots of power. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. Chris is in Wontaw. Chris, what's going on, man? How are you all going? Listen, you were saying you don't like to, you don't, you're not feeling comfortable about betting the Dolphins no. uh, over. No. Listen, I I hear you on the whole Tua factor, and like any normal year, it would be a good reason, especially with the Jets being as good as they are. But me, as the Jets fan, you see, the Dolphins have set themselves up to hit their over this year. They played their cards perfectly. They went out and got the quarterback that the Jets didn't keep over Zach Wilson to go be uh, Tua's backup in Mike White. So as soon as Tua goes down, Mike White's going to turn that offense into the greatest thing since since Kurt Warner (laughs) with the Rams, and you guys are going to go sailing, and you guys are going to keep the Jets from doing anything this year. Look, Chris, uh, from your your lips to to God's ear, the, the Dolphins are the perfect example of an organization that cannot get out of their own way. They can no matter what they do, it's the wrong decision. And as I've said many times before, rooting for the Dolphins is like rooting for Wild E. Coyote to catch the Roadrunner. I was looking at that quarterback tiers column, and they have Tua in, in tier three, along with 
Ryan Tannehill, the, the person that Tua replaced. That, that is the perfect way to look at the Dolphins. Only the Dolphins could be tired of mediocrity, tired of going 8-9. and nine. So what do they do? They tear it down. They sell off their players, and, and they, they, they do a rebuild, right? They go and they get accused of tanking and all this type of stuff. They tear it down. Three years later, they build it back up. And instead of going 8-8, eight and eight, they go 9-8. and eight. <laughs> And that's only because there was an extra game, and that 9-8 and eight was only because the Jets were even worse than they were with Joe Flacco in the final week uh, of the season. It's amazing. It doesn't matter how they go about things. So uh, the, the quarterbacks thing is another perfect example. Tua, he's an injury risk. We can't risk just having him as our starting quarterback because if he goes down, he could be going, I mean, it could be a career-threatening injury after all the concussions he suffered. So who should we get? Let's go get Mike White, who's also constantly hurt. Good call, guys. Good call. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, we'll wrap up the show, take you up to 6 o'clock. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. How did that house go in the fourth round? 